Good morning, Jordan. Gaspacho, it's thirsty thirst. Gaspacho. That's a, that, that's a Mexican drink. I believe it could be a soup. It could be a slushy. It could be a smoothie. Whatever you want gazpacho to be, it can be. How do you know that? I had to look up what the gazpacho was. In my mind, I just threw a bunch of letters together this morning, and I came up with gazpacho. And I was like, let me, let me look this up and make sure I know what it is. It's, it is a cold, raw vegetable soup from southern Spain. So you could either drink it as a you could either drink it as a, a drink. Or you can make it as a soup. It's a cold soup, so it could, it's basically anything. It's incredible. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You knew what gazpacho was. What, Welcome in, what, listeners. That's what trivia uh, days do, do for you. Trivia days do that for you. You learn ah, stuff like gazpacho. Applebee's, Applebee's, huh? No, not here. Applebee's in most of the country. Not not in Bristol, though. Mm. Welcome in, listeners, to Bros and a Cup of Joe. This Thursday morning, Ty, I got my home brew with the coconut creamer this morning. Uh, pretty jacked. Pretty jacked because we had a good night last night in the sports world over the last two days. Um, Boston takes Game 7 over Toronto. Um, MLB regular season is in full swing. Uh, and LeBron James, the king, does it again. Go, goes long ball to take down Larry Bird's Pacers. Forget the long ball. The man, the man played defense the play before. Goes right down. I mean, it's just like I said. We, we talked about this on Tuesday. I said you take over the game. He took over the game in the third quarter, and he took over the game last minute. It's just what he does. He did. He did exactly that, man. He's unbelievable. Um. Let's kick it off right there then in the NBA, Ty. Let's kick it off right there in the NBA. You got LeBron James uh, coming back home. You know, the Pacers look really good in this series, but um, they're, they're, Pacers are in control of everything. You know, somehow Cleveland is up 3-2 in the series. And you look at the box score, you know, um, at half the, the Pacers are, are up. And Cleveland just goes off in the third quarter. They they win the third quarter, thirty-two to seventeen. Finals ninety-eight ninety-five. Um, LeBron James plays forty-two minutes and goes for forty-four points yet again. Um, I saw him now move up to second on the all-time playoff scoring list in forty-point games, only behind the great Michael Jordan with thirty-eight. Um, Michael Jordan with thirty-eight. LeBron, I believe, has now twenty. Um, so still well behind MJ. But last night really reminded you of of the great one, did it not, Ty? It was, I mean, it was incredible. You remember watching Michael Jordan? We were young. We were young and them playing the Jazz, the Bulls playing the Jazz. And, yeah, he had other guys on his team, Tony Kukoc, Scottie Pippen, uh, Steve Kerr. There were other guys on that team. But when Michael Jordan wanted to take over, he took over. Yeah. He took over. Whether it was backing down Carl Malone or absolutely just running by Hornacek. He did what he wanted to do. And LeBron did that yesterday. Not only did he back down Sabonis with about two minutes left, just stepped back and shot a three over who was covering him at that time because I think that was the thing. The Pacers used everybody they possibly can to cover him, whether it had been Sabonis, whether it had been Bogdanovich, whether it had been Stevenson. They even put uh, the uh, little backup point gun on there I don't know the guy's name. But they kept trying all these things, and 
it, no one could cover him, so it doesn't matter who you put on him. When he wants to take over, he will take over, just yeah, as Michael I'm Jordan sure, did. I'm pretty sure Thaddeus Young was covering he him. He did cover him um, as well. Just I'm pretty thing. sure that's who, that's who was covering him in the last play of the game. I'm not positive on that. Um, I can't. I couldn't help but draw the uh, the comparisons high. Um, obviously, LeBron plays in Cleveland, and um, you know we we talked about MJ. You know his game five, uh, game five winner over Craig Elo in 1989. You know who was on Cleveland. It, it was almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron's was from three, um, but the shot was from from straight away, and and you know I think that's. That was a really cool comparison to see. And, and, you know, you talked about the block right before it. Some people said it, it might have been goaltending. You know, the play before it, right before the block um, that LeBron had, the referees made it made the wrong call on that also. And, mm-hmm. They um, sure and did. The ball, was, the ball was poked away. It was out of bounds on, uh, I think it was Thaddeus Young was guarding him then too. The ball went out of bounds on him, on Young. And then LeBron actually hit it after it had already gone out of bounds, but the call wasn't even overturned or reviewed. And the same is true for the for the uh, goaltending call. LeBron kind of gets blown by. Um, Victor Oladipo kind of blows right past him. He recovers nicely and blocks it, but I think the ball hit the glass first. You know, I've watched the replay a few times. Um, either way, I think the referees kind of made some calls that might might have canceled out there. Um, and then you know you give you give the best player in the world. A second shot, so to speak. Yeah, he's not missing um, twice. We could say that. We know that yeah, much. It's, and the it's first volume. shot, first shot's a little ridiculous. That's LeBron trying to be a hero, which he has every right to be a hero, and he's going to make that shot more often than he's going to miss it. So, I'm all for what he did last night. I mean, he's clearly the one you want the, the ball. You want the ball in his hands. Um, I don't want any other person on that team shooting the last shot. No way. Um, and then what excited me the most was he makes the shot and the first one to hug him is Seti Osman. I got happy on that, too. When I see Seti Osman on the court, it just makes me happy. Uh, he, doesn't did, play, he, he doesn't play much, so it's yeah. awesome. His it's time awesome. on the court is good. Yeah. Um, Toronto goes up 3-2. Uh, they go back home. They they take down the Wizards. I don't think Washington could win in Toronto, but I'm not so sure that Toronto could win in Washington. So I'm going to predict that this this series is going seven at this point. I think um, that's going. I think this series going to seven. I think the Bucks tonight will push it to seven to go back to Boston. Um, I think you're going to see two seven round se- games series right there, two seven game series in those two. Um, obviously, Houston won last night, so there's that. That's yeah. done. Uh. What about OKC and Utah? Because now that's three two, and OKC looked pretty good last night. I, I I don't know I don't know if they can beat the Jazz. Like I don't know if I would have ever said that. <laughs> I couldn't have ever seen myself saying that. Um, you know, Jay Crowder comes off the bench last night uh, for the Jazz and has twenty seven points. Donovan Mitchell adds twenty three again. They put up ninety point ninety nine points and, and lose by eight points to to the Thunder. Behind a 34-point performance in 48 minutes by Paul, Paul George and a 45-point per, performance by Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony is still silent with he's, only seven points. He's a lost you know, man. Ty, these guys got to play out of their dang minds to have a shot to beat Ricky Rubio's Jazz. Exactly. 
They, and, the crazy, and they did last night. The crazy they thing about it is night. they have these three guys. I mean, you still have – and Carmelo's silent. You still have Paul George and Russell Westbrook, Stephen mm-hmm. Adams. Mm-hmm. The, you look at that team's bench. Who is playing the other minutes? And that's why Paul George has to play 48 minutes. That's why Russell Westbrook has to play 48 minutes if he can. When, these, when they're going to win, they're going to win from those two guys playing 40-plus minutes, which you can't that's... do every day. It's scary stuff, man, especially when you're playing long series. You know, it's one thing to play 45, 46 minutes, but when the series is ending in four or five games, now you have a chance to recover for the next round. If they think they're going to get through and these guys are playing 46, 47 minutes in a game similar to what LeBron James is doing, it takes a toll on their body later in the playoffs. And there was some speculation about LeBron being tired already here in round one. Um yeah, what's you know, going to happen it, it, in round two when Seti Osmer has to come in and play? He's going to be in trouble, man. Uh, Jose Calderon, the the man's turning back time. I don't even know where he came from. My man's got mm-hmm. fading hair worse than uh, worse than you do, Ty. Worse but... than LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He did nail, he did nail a, a clutch three, though. When he, uh, when he nailed that three, oh, man, people... I, thought, I thought he was going to literally raise the roof. That man I also got thought so had... pumped up. And I thought he had 34 points. I checked the stat line. He had six at that point. He had six, yeah. That was the second three ball of the day. And you would think that man literally lit it up in the first half. No, no, Jose, you had three points. <laughs> Sorry. Literally no, Jose. That is phenomenal. No, Jose. Oh, man. It's fitting, fitting. Jose Calderon on uh, Gaspacho Day. Yeah. Probably is well, uh, uh, Spanish. Also in the NBA, Houston, like you said, Ty, Houston finishes out Minnesota. Um, so, I, I, so, I liked I liked Minnesota, you know, doing what they did this year. I, I don't think anybody saw them getting back past Houston. Um, they weren't really fully healthy all year. I think it was kind of an accomplishment for them just to get into the playoffs. I think they have a lot to build on, though. I hope they can get Derrick Rose back and be a presence in that locker room. I think if Jimmy Butler could stay healthy for an entire season, Carl Anthony Towns continues to grow on the defensive end, gets better offensively, um, becomes more of a leader, and Andrew Wiggins starts taking ownership and doesn't become aloof. Um, you know, any quarter or any game, he is a staple in their in their uh, franchise. You know, they have three legitimate all-stars and a fourth, fourth in Derrick Rose who could be a sixth-man uh, player of the year type of guy. I think, I think the problem is Andrew Wiggins is not going to take charge. He's not that type of guy. He's the guy who's going to go out there He's going to score 15 or 20 points. He's going to get 25 here and there, but he's a laid-back scorer. Yeah, he, I mean, he he doesn't need to take charge. He needs to be more consistent. And, and Exactly, which is the know, problem with him, and it's been the problem with him his first three years in the league. And, and um, I think he's still got growing to do, and I'm fine with that. But when you have guys like Jimmy Butler and Carl Towns, they could carry majority of the load. Um, Jimmy Butler agree. only has eight points last night, and that's probably the reason why they, they didn't have a shot to beat a team like Houston. But Andrew Wiggins is, is should be like the third type guy in that in that team's um, in that team's roles. Um, you know, when you look Definitely. at Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler, he doesn't have to be the guy to take over, but he has to be more consistent. Um, he has to he has to come out to play every single night. He has to do what he's capable of every single game, every single quarter, and not take nights off, take quarters off, take plays off like we've seen him do. Correct. I think the moral of the story with this series is. The Rockets playing out owned the Timberwolves this year. The Timberwolves were one and eight. Rockets were eight and one against the Timberwolves this year. Yeah. 
That um, is impressive. It doesn't matter who you play. That is impressive. Right. You play that team nine times, you think it's the NBA. Teams are – I mean, you don't – it's not It's not like college baseball, college basketball, where you have the top at the top and the bottom at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's different. The NBA is a little closer. And to go one and nine against a team, something's one wrong. Eight. It comes down to – yeah, excuse me, one and eight, nine yeah. games. That's just matchups. And clearly there is – they knew what they were doing. That's the same scouting report every game. I mean, the players aren't going to change. It's not like – I mean, yeah, he, the guy might be shooting better from the field. Um, this guy might be doing this. This guy, But it's the same players. you got the same seven or eight players playing every one of those games. In other news around the NBA, a couple nights ago, Golden State beat San Antonio. Philly closed out Miami and Boston um, beat – Milwaukee, that'll force a game six tonight, 8 p.m. on TNT. Milwaukee takes on Boston in Milwaukee. Now owner Aaron Rodgers should be sitting floor side. Uh, Ty, we're going to take a quick break. You want to bring Mike into this conversation. We're going to go over some NFL draft with our NFL draft specialist. Um, This quick commercial break is going to be brought to you by City Limits Bar and Grill. City Limits Bar and Grill out of Mason, Michigan, um, we appreciate the sponsorship, City Limits Bar and Grill. If you guys would like to sponsor our show, you can visit our Facebook and uh, leave us a message, and, and we will we would love to give you guys a free advertisement. doesn't cost anything. Just trying to promote you guys as you help promote us um, within, your, within your place of business. Two Bros and a Cup of Joe every Tuesday and Thursday morning goes live at 7 to 7.30 a.m. or so. I uh, usually have it published by about 8 o'clock, and it's on the air then. Um, talk about anything and everything. So two bros and a cup of joe, 7 to 7.30, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. Um, looking for more sponsorships. Today's sponsorship brought to you by City Limits Sports Bar and Grill in Mason, Michigan. Val Orlando, we appreciate the sponsorship. Ty? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Val Orlando. They also have another location in East Lansing, Michigan, for the people on the, the other side of the middle of the mitten. Um, but, yeah, let's, uh, let's bring in Mike here. Well, welcome see, in Mike DeLucia. Mike DeLucia, he will tell us a little bit about himself. Um, but he is our NFL draft special analyst. Um, he's going to look over the draft with us a little bit. Um, he's going to talk about... Uh, some of the picks and projections that he's seen. He's done his research and his homework. Um, Ty, you want to tell us when he's live there? Yeah, I will let you know. I think he'll uh, he'll make a grand entrance, we, we hope. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll just get right into things here with the NFL draft. We're here, I mean, live from, from South Mike, Florida. We, Mike, are we here? Mike Delucio. We, we call him 1-3, and I call him Pepe. Mike in South um, Florida. Pepe, how's it going? It's going great. It's sixty-five de- degrees this morning. It's a little, a uh, little chilly when I walk. The Hello. sun's shining. There's not a cloud in the sky, and and uh, Friday's payday. See, everybody, it's called dedication, right there. He's an overnight worker, an avid coffee drinker, and he's on the air at seven twenty-two in the morning. On the two bros and a cup of Joe's Mexican show, special. Mexican, well, what do you Mexican got on that? special day, Pepe. Well, Tyler's just gazpacho today and you're Pepe, so uh, that's what we're going with, man. 
I could be Mexican Mike for the day. Well, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're you're a credible source. Well, you know, uh, I got a lot of ties here in South Florida. Um, you know, I've been a Dolphin fan for you know all my life uh, since '91. You know, it's a long, disappointing, uh, <laughs> long, disappointing career as a fan, but you know, it, I'm a fan. Yeah, well, simply put right there, you know, there are a lot of people who are fans, but who more credible than the great Mike Delucia Dolphins fan? You know, well, I, he's, he's sustained, he sustained, um, he sustained a lot of eras. And, and you're looking back through the Dave Wanstad era, the Nick Saban era, the Joe Philbin era, and the I have no idea who their co- coach is now era. Um, but that's what Mike has looked at. And, and, you know, Mike, you were a child back when Dan Marino was around, but but I'll be damned if you didn't appreciate what he did for that franchise. Isn't that right, Mike? Oh, I still have his jersey. It's in my garage. And I might have to I might have to cut the sleeves a little bit to fit in it, but I will I will put it on this season. Ladies, don't ladies don't uh easy, ladies. Now I, I you know I'll put in a small plug for you as you just did there yourself. Ladies, he is single and looking to mingle. My man works out. You can follow him on Instagram at mdelucia13. Uh, That's at mdelucia13. That is correct. And I will say uh, their head coach is Adam Gaze. Not, not sure. Not, ah, there not, it is. Not G-A-Y-S. It's G-A-S-E. Um, yes, Adam Adam Gase is their head coach. Might not be their head coach for long, though, Mike. You say you're bringing on that. Uh, you're bringing out that Dan Marino jersey this year as a typical Dolphins fan, and and always uh, all Dolphins fan, and it's always. Is this well, I will the say, year? Um, it is, is the, the year. year? You know, I tonight. will. You know, mark this day, April April twenty sixth at seven twenty seven a.m. It is the year. There's a lot of hype in South Florida. Um, you know, the Dolphins changed their jersey for the. God knows how many times in the last three years, but the jerseys look sweet. They added more orange, you know, oh. trying, to, trying to, you know, get on the get on the bandwagon with the, the real football team in Miami. But after this year, the Dolphins will be relevant. Yeah. All right, so you talk about this year, obviously this year, and it starts tonight. The draft, obviously, and, and it looks to me like we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go early rounds. The Dolphins have been mentioned they want to look at Baker Mayfield. They want to look at a quarterback. They want to look at a D-back. No one knows what the Dolphins are going to go ahead and try and get, but I guess it comes down to your early picks and your one, two, and three per se, and fellow AFC East rival. The yeah, I agree with you. Picking at number um... three. So if the Jets go ahead and take Baker Mayfield, if he's available, does that change the entire Dolphins draft? Do they draft another D tackle? Well, I will, they... tell you, I will tell you Who this. Knows? There's a lot of what hype happened? around the franchise. Like like you've already said, they're having a VIP draft party at the stadium tonight. I was invited, obviously, um, but I, respect, I respectfully declined because I have to protect and serve. Um, it's a true statement. Um but you know, I I think, and, and I and I know that I just I don't think the Broncos or the Jets are are gonna pull. I don't think they have the stones to pull the trigger on Baker Mayfield. 
Um, you know, I have an inside source um, with the Broncos. Um, they want to go with a conservative white quarterback, no offense, but, uh, you know, more like a Peyton Manning or a John Elway type, and that's going to be uh, Josh Rosen. I mean, granted, he looks the part. He's 6'4", um, NFL body, solid solid frame, typical frat boy haircut. Um <laughs> So let's let's mark that down. Mike says the Broncos are going to yes. go with Rosen, and um, and, and I just <laughs> and I just have a feeling, you know, that that's just what the talk is around the town. Um, and, and I think the Dolphins are going to make a move here because this is going to be the year where they trade up to kind of get this superstar player in the draft and not make them. Who? No, no listen, 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 listen. I got, I got, I got to stop you there. There is. Mike, I can't, like I, I can't do it anymore. The Dolphins haven't been relevant since ever in my lifetime, and they're not going to be relevant until Tom Brady <laughs> is no longer in a New England Patriots uniform. And how we haven't brought that up yet is is insane to me. I don't care who the Jets pick. I don't care who the Dolphins pick. I don't care what color orange the Dolphins are wearing. If Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Robert Kraft are in New England. Miami will never win the AFC East or be relevant in well, my life. I think it's not even it's not even when they uh, Tom Brady leaves. You know the Patriots are going to pick a quarterback at thirty or thirty-two, whatever pick they have, and just like they did with Jimmy G, they're going to do the same thing with this guy. So next year or the year after, he's going to start and he's going to do the same. No, you're thing talking about Garoppolo, right not Gaspacho, right? Got it. Yeah, yeah. Garoppolo, Gaspacho. Um, yeah, so, Mike, you know, I, I don't really care who the Dolphins take. Here's my bigger, my bigger question. There is no quarterback worth a pick in the first round. And I know that sounds absurd, but Sam Darnold had over 20 picks at USC. Josh Rosen didn't lead a team to a significant game at UCLA. Josh Allen played at Wyoming. He could be the dark horse in this draft. Baker Mayfield, we know what we're getting, guys. Do we not? Do we not? Have we not seen this before? We haven't seen the Heisman Trophy winner put up great numbers in college and come in the NFL and scramble his ass off for two years until he's ran out of the league. Have we not seen that story already? Because that's what we're going to get with Baker Mayfield. And I hope to hell the Dolphins draft him so they can keep swindling their hopes away in the 2018 NFL draft because they have no idea what they're doing in Miami. Mike, please go to the VIP party tonight. Tell me what the inside inside is and get get a clue for them down there in Miami, Mike, because Baker Mayfield is not the answer. Well, let, let me ask you this. Who – and and without going into a long debate – who do you think is a better quarterback, Brett Favre or Tom Brady? It's not even close, Tom Brady. Okay. Uh, Mr. Stampler, Tyler Stampler? Uh, Tom, Tom Brady as well. Um, it, it's, it comes down, honestly, just to winning at the end. Just look at the difference in, in wins at the end. Only one team a year can win the last game of the year. Well, one team, uh, one team in, in Baker Mayfield did win his year. last game as a player. One but team. I will tell you this: um, has there been what? What do you mean? Has there been there? There has been no other quarterback recreate the iconic photo of Brett Favre on draft day 
on his own personal Instagram. <laughs> See, what do you mean Baker Mayfield won his last game? Did he not? <laughs> um, was he not a uh, conference championship champion? They, they, they did the, go to the playoffs. Then they. That's correct. They went to the playoff and they lost. were in the playoffs, Mike. Well, that was a bad. That was a bad sort. They were lost. So that's false. But you're right. He did recreate the. He did recreate the uh, the Brett Favre uh, draft. I'm just I'm just there. bought in. I'm uh, bought in. I'm bought in on the Baker Mayfield train. I think people are 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 all listen, about it in Miami. You, well, you could buy well, you into better, what you want to. You better become a Jet fan then, because he's going to be wearing a New York Jet uniform next year because the Jets are going to pull something real stupid and draft him at number three. And putting that mouth in New York is a Geno Smith repeat. We saw how that went. And, that, and um, that's why the man's now on the Tampa Bay. That's Boston why I don't think the Jets. Up. That's so why I don't think the Jets are going to take him. And that's why. Okay. They moved up for a reason. They didn't move up to take uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. We know that, which would be dumb of the Jets. Yeah, Jets, you're dumb. Just don't draft Saquon Barkley. Barkley, you need a, you need a running back. You need a. You need DBs. You need a, you need a linebackers. You need tight ends. You need receivers. You need everything. The one thing you don't need, Jets, is a quarterback. You just signed Teddy Bridgewater, one year, five mil, and you're well, gonna go and draft I, clown, clown boy ahead. Baker sorry. Mayfield. But I'll let I'll I'll let the Dolphins have him because, as a Jets fan, I would just love to see the Jets uh, beat the well, Dolphins. Well, I will year say this on my on my Dolphins, I do. Know that that they do not need another defensive player, uh, a, a Jake Long. Uh, they don't need a a um, a Larry Tunsil smoker this year in the draft. They don't need a John Doe from the University of Right Guard and offensive tackle. Um, we're done with that, and I think that's why the Dolphins. You know, they can't keep taking that heat from their fan base and from from drafting just mediocre guys who are going to end up on the Patriots in three to four years and win a Super Bowl and, and not with the Dolphins. And... <laughs> well, there, there was word that they were going to draft Vita Vaya yeah, because the tackle out of, I believe, Washington. And if that happens, you're going to see a giant uh, uproar in Miami because they got rid of the no, best so. defensive tackle no, in the I'm game. I'm aware he so did absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing and they always say defense wins championships, but – but so do QBs, and, and so do a lot of passing yards and TDs, and and that's. But what about Ryan Tannehill? Why is Ryan Tannehill not okay for the for the fence? Because he's been mediocre since he's been there, and he's just an injury threat. You you don't know what you're going to get with him. I mean, you're not wrong about the injury part, but he's had a decent. He's had a decent. I mean, there's only so many elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, are you saying Baker Mayfield is going to be an immediate better NFL quarterback than Ryan Tannehill? I know he's more of a threat in the pocket than Ryan Tannehill. No way. No way. I think he's out of the pocket. He's out of the pocket more than he's in the pocket. But the thing to me, Baker Mayfield's not even going to play next year. Wherever he goes, he's not going to play for the first four, six, even maybe eight weeks of the season. So are the Dolphins going to say, oh, whatever, we'll go 0-8 the first eight weeks and then we'll play Baker Mayfield? Are the Jets going to say the same thing? I, I will not be surprised if Baker Mayfield falls to 15 or 20 tonight, just well, as Geno Smith did. Whatever happens, I can promise you that the Dolphins and the Jets will be behind one team 
and that is the Patriots. Um, agree. Here's agree. Interesting UM guys, a lot of UM fans on our on our show who listen in and stuff. I, um, I don't see a single UM player through the first three or four rounds um, of the best available by ESPN. Um, there's Chris Herndon at number 93 as the first one off the board. Mark Walton at number 97 obviously had his career cut a little bit short. Um, UM known for putting out NFL talent, though, so whoever gets those guys is going to have a steal. The uh, the thing with that is uh, Miami's guys stayed stayed this year. They love playing under Mark Richt, um, which almost everybody who plays under Mark Richt loves playing under him, and they like to stay under him. Mark Walton, yeah, the man, the man broke his ankle, broke everything in his right foot, and arguably, if he stays healthy yeah. last year, he's a first round draft pick. Herndon did not see the ball as much as he wanted to see, and if he did. He's arguably a first-round draft pick. Not many tight ends go in the first round. Herndon can play not only tight end. He could get in the slot if he had to. He could get fullback position. Can he play fullback in the NFL? Probably not. But if they need him out there and it's a passing play out of the backfield, yeah, he's your guy. He's fast. He can play like a wide receiver. Um, and there's other guys, too. There's an offensive lineman that went out. There's yeah. some DT, DT, DTs, which the NFL's full with defensive tackles. So I just – um. When teams draft them like yeah. the Dolphins, it's just hard. And you've seen it with multiple Dolphins draft picks, going back to the Dolphins draft picks, um, they draft D-tackles all the time. They drafted one a D-tackle in the first round last year. They drafted a, a D-end a couple of years back. No shock there. Who actually played well on the Saints. And, uh, um, um, yeah. So Mike, I got to I gotta ask you this before we before we get on um, with our day. A um, couple things. The, the first thing is that I feel like the need to draft a quarterback in the NFL is, is for some reason an all-time high. You know, guys talking about picking um, Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen or Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph, like none of those guys really have everything. And none of them check every box, maybe besides Josh Rosen, some say. Um, you look at years past, uh, excuse me, years past drafts, and I think of, um, you know, a guy like Mitchell Trubisky out of, out of UNC. Uh, yeah. Like had an unbelievable college career, had an unbelievable arm. He gets, he gets picked up and does okay. His, his rookie year in the NFL. Like I think he's, he shows some promise, but there isn't, you don't always just have to draft a quarterback because that's what the NFL promotes. And I think that's what some NFL teams lose sight of extremely quickly um, and I think that's what's being forced here um, in this year. Like Deshaun Watson was the second, the second quarterback pick last year, and it wasn't until pick number 12, Trubisky was picked at number two. Deshaun Watson was graded at a 5.9 by these NFL scouts, and Trubisky was graded at a 6.3. Deshaun Watson would have been the rookie of the year last year, and he played on one of the best college football teams of all time in Clemson. So now you're taught you can't compare Correct. somebody like Deshaun Watson, a 2017 Clemson team, to Baker Mayfield in a down Pac-12, who now is going to try and be the same type of quarterback in the NFL as Deshaun Watson. The numbers weren't even close. Deshaun Watson was a Heisman Trophy winner too, and he, I mean, there's so many, there's so few guys who were able to make that jump. Deshaun Watson obviously having a mentor 
in uh, in Cam Newton here in and Char- just outside of Charlotte. Um, he had, he had a mentor look back at the 2016 well draft, and that was an unbelievable draft, right? Carson Wentz came out with the second overall pick, uh, second overall pick, but Jared Goff was the first overall pick, and both guys have panned out. Both guy, both of those guys were graded at a 5.9 by NFL scouts. Who who was the third guy? Paxton Lynch was the third quarterback taken, and he was 26th overall in the first round. Still, is that not a forced issue to anybody? That's that's my whole thing, and that's that's why I see this. And the Browns have drafted a quarterback. I feel like every year for the last ten years, they're going to draft another one tonight at number one. The the Giants drafted a quarterback last year. The yeah. Jets drafted a quarterback three years ago. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous to me how all these teams want to draft a quarterback, and you just mentioned it right there. The Browns. Three that have, I wouldn't say made it, but have 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 started. The Browns have, drafted have Cody Kessler in 2016. Um, that was with the 93rd overall pick in the third round. And last year, uh, in 2017, they drafted Deshaun Kaiser with Deshaun the second Kaiser. with a second round 52nd overall pick. And all they're doing is forcing He's their not picks. Even on like the they team could have, honestly, by the time they started taking, they could have built a solid team around a quarterback. And when there was the opportunity to take a number one type overall quarterback, like a Carson Wentz or a Jared Goff, then you could go after him. But until that time, or a Mitchell Trubisky, correct. Like I think and Mitchell Trubisky wrong, is going to be really good. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Tyler oh, man. Not on Mike, I don't know. I... <laughs> you said I... I believe Tyrod Taylor is on the Browns now. Who won games, who won games in, a, in an AFC East in the Buffalo Bills last year. So, I just don't... I don't understand what the, the mess-up is in Cleveland where they always want to draft quarterbacks because uh, we saw see how well it's worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we spoke about on Tuesday, Jordan and, and Mike. Tyrod Taylor is on the you, roster, you by the way, but so is Drew Stanton the from Brown State. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, but the Cleveland Browns, to me, they have not won a game since 2000. Yeah. That's how that's how pitiful the franchise is. Well, let's go draft another quarterback in Sam Darnold. Like, my computer has more significant wins than the Cleveland Brown does since um, since 2000. Everybody has more significant wins. Our 2005 Whistle Ball well, Championship is more right significant. Jesus, chill out, man. I will butt in and say I think this is going to be a great year for the Browns. You know, whether they draft a quarterback or not, I think they got some some pretty solid tools there. Um, and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> I'm a big uh, – their offense has some tools. And, you know, they don't well, need the best quarterback, but, but they need a quarterback that could – Kind of get the ball to the Duke Johnson, the you know the Najoku who had a, a a hell of a year for a first year player. Um, I just yeah, and I just think I think they, I think they're gonna definitely <laughs> they're gonna definitely win uh, probably five six games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're going to have a hell of a year. They're going to win five freaking games. Mike, because they had guys like Josh Gordon and they get Njoku back, 
and they had some weapons out there on the outside. <laughs> they don't have a damn soul in the trenches, Mike. They can't defend a damn soul, Mike. Cleveland Browns, Miami Dolphins going games. to the playoffs. Cleveland Browns. Oh, that's pitiful. Yeah, if that happens, if that happens, I'm just happy. <laughs> Mike, one thing I got to ask you uh, before we let you go. Um, the Bills picking at number 12. I really think they're looking at taking Kelly Oubre Jr. What do you think about that uh, in the grand scheme of things? You know, uh, the Bills are, are one of the teams that I, I choose not to call because I am a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. Um, oh. So, you know, I could care less. I could care less who they pick. I That's no a good point. That. I have no input yeah. on that. But also, uh, hold on. Let me let me pull that draft. Excuse me, ba- uh, draft back up. Um, yeah, Kelly, you break me. He's on the Washington Wizards. So, so I said I don't care. Tough for the Bills to pick him. Um, the Browns, well, after, the Browns might pick him. After the so. After the shot that the shot that LeBron made last night, um, you know maybe maybe the Browns should pick him. Maybe he could throw it to to yeah, Njoku might as and, well. and and get some TDs. I... Well, that's a conversation for another time. Another time whether LeBron James could throw touchdown passes, whether LeBron James could throw a baseball 100 miles an hour, and whether LeBron James could uh, win a boxing match against uh, Floyd Mayweather. But that's another that's that. another that's another discussion. <laughs> uh, we'll end this conversation with some good draft day draft day stats. Uh just looking at this draft and obviously the Cleveland Browns picking at one and four, the Giants picking at two, and the Jets picking at three. So we'll leave them thinking with the two thousand three NBA draft, obviously with LeBron James hitting a big sh- big shot last night. Um he was drafted there, uh number one of two thousand three. Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. was among that draft, Carmelo Anthony. A bunch of other. I'll tell you what. But what stood out there it in is, that baby. draft was the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit with the Pistons second overall pick, Darko Milicic, um, with the second overall pick ahead of Dwayne Wade, ahead of ahead Tom of Chris Bosh so and Chris Paul, and a New lot of other really good players two. too. Ty. Yes. Correct. So we'll leave the Jets, Giants, Dolphins, Broncos, uh, Bills. We'll leave all those teams thinking on that one. Two words. Leave everybody with that thinking Two on that words. one. Ryan Who will Lee. the Giants take it to? Correct. There's another one for you. So that's our Gaspacho, Pepe, we appreciate Thank you for it. Joining hey. us once again, today's 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 episode brought to you by City Limits, Mason and East Lansing. Mason, Michigan, East Lansing, Michigan. Thank you, Val Orlando, for your support. If you'd like to be a sponsor on our show, like we said, it's free of charge. You get your name out there. Help us get listeners. Uh, thanks to Anchor. Thanks to iTunes. Thanks to thanks to everybody for hosting our podcast. And um, we will see you guys either this weekend or next week. Um, go watch the draft. Go watch playoff basketball. Go watch the second round. Y'all, all pretenders. Week. Mike, signing thanks for off. joining us. Thanks, Pepe.